Salutations, folks, and welcome to another episode of How You Feeling, a podcast dedicated to exploring the world of emotional intelligence in a practical and useful way. As always, I'm here with you. I'm your host, Dr. C, ready to talk about another great topic in emotional intelligence. And I'm joined by our co-host, Dr. Jeff Haverland. Jeff, how you feeling? I am feeling good. That's what today. I like to hear. Love it. Yeah. We are also very blessed and honored to be joined by our first co-host. Uh, we are very honored to welcome Dr. Liza Johnson. Uh, she is the director of the Personal Empowerment Program at the University of Dubuque and the progenitor of both Dr. Haverlin and I's journeys through empowerment. Uh, so how about you say hi and introduce yourself. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself quick. <laughs> All right. So hello, my name is Liza Johnson. I'm the director of personal empowerment at the University of Dubuque. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Uh, just to tell you a little bit about my journey on empowerment, I was able to take the faculty staff workshop here, um, empowerment workshop here at campus probably about years ago, um, and it really opened my eyes to a lot of skills that I was not utilizing in my life and really made an impact on my life and my relationship. So, uh, you know, I asked the president, the assistant, uh, special assistant to the president at the time, John Stewart, I said, this, you know, this opportunity was amazing. It helped me out quite a bit. And I said, what about for our students? I would love to see this um, brought to our students. And so we worked together and uh, developed some proposals. And within, uh, I'd say, a year of that, we uh, basically created that position, Director of Personal Empowerment, and was really able to develop that program and build it. And now it's actually part of the general education requirement for our students. So super blessed to be able to uh, direct that program, but then also have people involved in it like you, yourself, um, the two people, Dr. Havenland and Dr. Uh, Katani, to actually do that. So it's been really cool. Well, it's been a, it's been my pleasure to be a part of this. I imagine Dr. Haverland will echo those sentiments. Uh, but, but yeah, oh, definitely uh, skills that, that really help you sort of tap into to better relationship building in the long run. So yeah, absolutely. All right. So today's topic is that of consequential thinking. Uh, we're really excited to talk about this topic because I think it's one of those uh, ideas that pairs very well with uh, our last episode's topic of problem solving uh, and helps us to maybe work through problems uh, in a more structured way that helps us maybe consider more of our options. So I'm very, very, very excited to talk about it. Uh, but before we get to sort of the overall idea of consequential thinking, Jeff, what, what's a consequence to you? What does that mean to you? To me, a consequence is just kind of a natural outcome of a decision we make and um, doesn't always have to be a bad thing. Um, can be good as well, uh, but it's just that outcome. Sure. Yeah. Liza, does it mean anything different to you? No, I think there's always going to be an outcome of a action or decision that we make. And uh, just like, you know, Jeff was saying, it could either be good or bad. I think when we, when we hear the word consequence, we directly go to um, something negative, but it doesn't always have to be negative. It could be a pleasant experience or outcome, and it also could be an unpleasant experience or outcome. Sure, sure. Well, I, and I think I agree with both of that. I think certainly when we hear that word, we think of it always as sort of a negatively connotated thing. But hey, you put in study time and you do well on a test. Doing well on the test was that positive consequence of the study time. And so I think it's important to reflect on that. So 
when you think of consequences, uh, what, what sort of different types of consequences do you, do you think exist? And I think we'll frame this uh, a little more specifically to say short-term versus long-term. Like are both, are, 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 do consequences exist in both of those realms? Do they exist in other realms outside of that? What do you think, Liza? And so when we think about consequences, guys, I, I think certainly there, there's this idea of maybe short-term and long-term consequences. And I'm wondering if, if you guys can some, shed some light on maybe the key differences between those two types. So what do you think, Liza? Yeah, I think, you know, there are short-term and long-term consequences in both uh, an action that we take. You're going to have both of those. And I think when we think about consequential thinking, um, the ultimate goal is really to look at the long-term goal because that's the harder one, um, I believe. I think it's easy for us to um, react to the short-term consequences, but really in hindsight, if we can actually stop, pause, and look at some of the long-term consequences, uh, we tend to be able to be more intentional in our responses versus being reactional and focus on the short-term consequences itself. Sure. Jeff, what do you think? So Liza, I don't want to totally put you on the spot here, but can you give me an example of what, what that would be like? A short yeah, and so um, I think consequential thinking is so critical to parenting. Um, so I have three little kids at home. And so for me, right, when my daughter gets really upset, um, what's something that I could do that could help or hurt the relationship, right? So if I look at, okay, um, if I yell at her and engage in that um, unpleasant emotional experience with her, the short-term consequence is probably, hey, I might feel a bit better because I'm letting this energy or negativity off um, for maybe a second. But then the long-term consequence of that is really how does that affect our relationship going forward? What have I done to um, hurt that relationship? And so really the long-term consequence of that is it's a damaged relationship in that moment um, with my daughter. So really being able to focus on both of those short-term and long-term um, can be effective. And I think it's hard to do that, right? So I think that's where consequential thinking comes in is that it's that opportunity for us to pause, put the brakes on a situation when, when you might be um, in a bad emotional state to be able to um, react or not react, but to be actually intentional in your responses versus reacting um, rationally, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. And I, I like that clarification. What, what do you think about short-term and long-term consequences, Jeff? Um, <laughs> this is just really kind of funny to me because I'm, I, I've been, you know, the, I really just do not, Kevin, you're going to kill no, me. No, that's, I really a, that's okay. That's okay. I think, uh, you know, listen, this is, this is part of it. And I think, um, you know, I'll offer in, in your stead just to say, you know, I think as we, we thought back to our talk on problem solving, you know, I think when I think of short term versus long term consequences to me, you know, short term is sort of maybe that more immediate gratification piece. So like what how can I react to either end the situation now or, or, or do what's best for me now? Uh, and I think long-term consequences largely force us to think about the bigger picture and and okay so if i react this way what might that mean two or three steps down the road i, I, I would think that anybody that's a fan of like strategy games or chess or something like that probably is pretty good at this because they're used to thinking 
two or three moves ahead where those that tend to maybe focus on the short-term consequences more are looking for more of that instant gratification. And I think that's the trick to this is balancing the now versus the future. Um, and sometimes that can be really easy and sometimes that can be really tough. Yeah. And Kevin, can I add a little bit onto sure, that? Sure. So um, you say immediate gratification. I think that's critical because, you know, we live in a world that we want instant gratification right away, right? We, um, have access to things immediately. And so I think it's so easy for us to act upon that because that's what we're used to. And I think it's harder for us to really delay that response to be more intentional because that's harder, right? That takes a lot of work. Uh, it takes a lot of us to hold back and to regulate and to really think about the situation when it can be really difficult um, to be able to um, do that. But I think that's really the hard part is that our world is not set up for um, us to really be able to do that sometimes because it's so fast paced and we're so used to that instant or immediate gratification or feedback. Um, so I think that's critical. I think we are losing the ability to practice that because of the world and the changes that we kind of um, are put in. Sure. Sure. No, I agree. Yeah, and, and I, you know, when I think about that further, I look at student or uh, teachers, uh, students who want to be teachers one day in our teacher ed program and we talk to them a lot about how you know as a, a young adult you are under a whole different set of regulations than your peers may be and so while it may be completely fine for them to behave in a certain way or post uh, on social media in a certain way that it eventually you know it may give you that instant gratification of just letting somebody know exactly how you feel. But five years down the line, when you're sitting in front of a principal and they are like all do checking out your social media presence and they find something about you that, you know, at the time was a great idea and now is something that can actually impact your ability to get a job. I mean, it, you know, it, yeah. it's kind of like a photograph from high school where you thought you looked really good and then you see it 10 years later and you look, you know, yeah. like a complete mess. And yeah. um, and so I think any program in a in a college or a university students would have that same thing where I'm young now. It doesn't matter. I'm going to live my life the way I want to live my life. Well, yeah. down the line, you're going to have to account for how you lived your life and it may be problematic for you. Yeah, yeah that goes that goes back to the, you know, we talk about in class YOLO, you only live once. And so, oh, because I only live once, well, what the heck? Why don't I, you know, do this or it doesn't really matter. It's um, I'm going to buy this or I'm going to respond this way or do whatever I want because I only live once. So I think a mindset, whatever mindset we have, you know, that's our reality. And so if we um, live our lives with that mindset, then obviously we're not going to have really intentional responses or be purposeful. Um, so I think we have to understand that we do we do have the choice, right, to be intentional. And, and part of that is using consequential thinking, especially when um, when your your reputation's on the line, especially for our students who are, um, you know, interviewing for jobs that that's critical. That's that's critical to their success. Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I would love for each of you to think uh, and I know that each of you wear many, many hats uh, on your day to day life, but. If you had to sort of put them in order, and again, you're not bound to this order beyond this podcast, so don't feel roped into it. But if you had to put those different hats in order, in which of the roles that you serve day to day, do you think consequential thinking is most important and why? Ooh, that's a good, that's a great question. 
Jeff, do you want to take that one first or you want me to take it? No, I can. Okay. And the problem, and you may not love my response, but in day-to-day thinking, it depends on am I at work in that day-to-day moment or am I at home? Like, I, you know, with parenting, holy criminy, you know, <laughs> you say and do stuff. Like, I jokingly tell people I win and lose dad of the year on a minute-to-minute basis because I will do stuff where I'm like, at the time, this feels right. And then down the line, you're like, oh, boy, that was a mistake. And so I I think parenting is the biggest one because you're sending off eventually these little people who have um, watched you in terms of your thinking and how you've dealt with short and long term um, consequences. And I think we have a lot of power. But that goes right back to teaching, too, in that, you know, all of these students we interact with that you know, they're watching what we do and how we react. And, you know, I, it is, it is a really tough thing to probably say I do, you know, it's more important in one part of my life than another. How about you, Liza? You know, I totally agree with you. I, and honestly, right now, I think it's most important in my role as parenting. Um, You know, I have three children at home, two, four, and six. And so it's, it it is very challenging. Um, And I'm, I'm constantly, constantly utilizing um, this concept. I mean, it's so critical for me to really be able to pause. And I think if I could coin uh, consequential thinking, it's, it's putting the brakes on something, right? It's taking that moment, it's taking that pause. And I feel like I need to be constantly doing that with, with my three young children. And so just like you said, Jeff, I think it's critical because um, I did have a moment when, you know, I kind of hit rock bottom with my daughter. She really had a, a bad emotional outburst and I didn't handle it appropriately. And from that experience, I told myself, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to do that again. Right now. Um, never is a hard word, but it's really, it was really an opportunity for me to say, to personally reflect and say, well, what was going on in that situation? And I, I did not utilize consequential thinking. I did not take a pause. Um, I, I was, my brain was really hijacked. Right. And so I responded um, from that place. And so when I responded to it, it was not healthy and it actually escalated the situation. And so um, for me, having that experience, but then also being able to look back and reflect, um, I think that consequential thinking to me right now is so critical um, in my parenting just because I'm dealing with it quite a bit. And to say that I'm home with my, my children more now with the students not on campus. So, um, but I also agree, Jeff, I think it's our um, responsibility as an educator to really role model those behaviors um, or to model those behaviors to be a good role model to our students because ultimately um, I think EQ is pretty interesting right like we can learn so much about it I, you know I could read it I could learn all the theories behind it you know we could read this workbook and, and listen to this podcast but it's different to actually to utilize those skills right and so I think that's the hard part is the knowing to doing um, but I think really uh, consequential thinking is so critical right now to me as a parent, but also as an educator. Um, and I just, you know, I resonate with this topic pretty well. So Dr. C, if we spin that question sure. back on you, what are your sure. thoughts on it? Um, well, thank you. I enjoy a, a good spin well, thank- and feet to the fire. Okay. I, I certainly, I could, could agree that in different contexts, it certainly activates more strongly. Uh, but, but feet to my fire, uh, I'm going to say that, that my role as an educator probably is most important uh, because of the sheer number of students and, and, and colleagues and uh, 
administrators that are sort of in the equation, the amount of variables in the equation. Uh, and so I, I have to be more mindful of short-term versus long-term thinking because, you know, like, like I could end a meeting quickly because I want to go get lunch, but did I attend to that student issue in a way that was, was going to help solve that problem or did I just delay it by wanting to get out of it? You know, I think of sort of examples of the long-term issues of, you know, in, in helping to create curriculum or in helping to solve, you know, a policy issue in, in one of my programs, you know, to table something to be able to think about it more, I think is, is an, a, a case of maybe trying to consider the long-term consequences. Um, and so, I, you know, I, I think certainly like you guys have both alluded to in, in all avenues of life, it's important. But, but in terms of the number of variables in the equation, I would think that it is currently most important in my role as an educator, uh, because in any one day you could have meetings with all three of those stakeholder groups and others uh, from even outside that system. And so I try to be very mindful of being present and sort of making sure I'm making the best decision overall, uh, taking both of those factors into account. That's good. That so makes sense. I think it's easy for any of us to reflect on on a time when we used consequential thinking and a time when maybe we didn't consider a short-term or a long-term. But what I actually want to focus on before we move on uh, for both of you is, tell me about a time when you knew the consequences and you did the thing anyway. And this can be sort of any anecdote from your recent past if you want, but one of those times where you just said, ah, the heck with it, and, and you acted anyway. Liza, why don't you start with that one? All right, Liza, you uh, go first. Okay, well, um, I'm just finishing up my uh, terminal degree, and so with that, there's a lot of writing, and there's a thing called the dissertation that you have to work towards, and there was times where I said, you know what, I'm just, you know, I, I was supposed to be writing at certain points in my uh, journey, and I just said, you know what, the heck with it, I'm just not going to be able to do it today, and kind of threw in the towel, so uh, with that, decision that I made, it set me back a little bit. And so, but I knew making that decision, there would be a negative consequence to that, but still did it. So that's my example. Good. Jeff, what do you think? So um, for me, the, you know, I, I look at this, um, you know, it's funny when Liza talks about her dissertation, because I felt like I wrestled with that concept constantly on those but but you know i i'll tell you more so than um uh, maybe a specific time i'll tell you a lesson i've i have learned from it um that you know you learn that there's a time and place for everything and sometimes if you want to have that um that time something to do and you have other responsibilities you know, it may mean that if you really want to go out with your friends or you really want to do something that you're going to have to sacrifice somewhere else. And so I always thought about this with my dissertation that I did not want to give up my family time. And so I started getting up every morning between three and four and writing until my family woke up at like six o'clock and then I would get ready and I would go off. And so it gave me the chance to have both sides of that. Um, but you quickly learn that you have responsibility, therefore you have to get tasks done. But sometimes it's worth making it a little harder on yourself in order to do that. And so, you know, as you get older, I think you're, I feel less prone to making these 
like really rash decisions. However, you know, you think about it when you buy technology and things like that, you're like, oh, I absolutely need this new thing. And then you realize that new thing is just a <laughs> piece of garbage and it's a waste of money. And, you know, it was an impulse buy because everybody has it. And so, you know, those I've done it, you know, purchasing stuff, I get in trouble. So now I err on the other side where I think so much about my purchases that it makes my wife want to murder me because I'm going to shop at 80 different stores and I'm never going to go to buy until I'm, I'm sure that it's the time. And so, um, but anyway, I would go back to that lesson of knowing that, you know, if you really want to do two things, you're going to have to make time in there. And, you know, if you want to have it now, you're going to have to deal with the consequences later. And that goes back to problem solving and, you know, a, a million other topics in, in empowerment where you, you know, you get what you want. Now you're going to have to pay the piper, so to speak. Yeah, later sure. on. Good deal. Well, let's move uh, on to our, our, so what segment here. So now, you know, we've been talking for uh, a handful of minutes here on consequential thinking, and I think we've expressed some really, really cool and, and real uh, ideas and thoughts on it. But uh, if we had to boil this down to one or two thoughts, Jeff, what are your, what are your big takeaways as far as, why understanding this idea is important. So, Kevin, actually, I'm going to, I do, I would, because I kind of wanted to hear your response sure. to that last one about, um, you know, when you've said the heck with sure. it and just done it. Um, however, if you, so you okay. could answer that one and then go into the exact question sure. you just sure. asked me. You know, sure. what is your uh, Well, so I was going to say for my consequences be darned typically those are in instances of like self-indulgence like um some sort of dessert treat where if you know we go out with some friends to a restaurant and you know i had my grilled chicken salad and everybody starts looking at the dessert menu uh is that the best for my waistline maybe it is maybe it isn't but sometimes you just want the dessert and so i was going to say more often than not the times where i i throw caution to the wind is in times of sort of uh, you know self-indulgence in that way uh, and so I think that's the one that rears its head most often to me. Uh, and, and then as far as my so what about consequential thinking, you know, I think the big thing for me and what it all boils down to, and we talked about this in the problem solving talk, was we don't have the benefit of a stop and rewind button. You know, we have to sort of take life as it comes in real time, and we don't have that that instant replay function. And so to me, one of the things that I always try to keep in the back of my head is planning for the eventualities allows us to sort of do the stop and rewind before we encounter that situation. Uh, and so I think I, I try to be, when necessary, I try to be strategic in my thinking because I would love ideally for it to be a muscle memory reaction and not something that, that I have to be labor because I've already thought of the consequences ahead of time. So that's how that boils down for me. Good. That, that's a great response. And, and so, Liza, how would you follow up? Yeah, I would say, you know, for me, it really is an opportunity for us to pause, like I said, taking the breaks, because I think our world is so revolved on the stop and go, right? We, we focus so much. If we take that stoplight, uh, which we talk about in emotional regulation, that's a strategy really for us to effectively um, regulate emotion or navigate that. Um, part of consequential thinking is really being able to look at the yellow, right? So it's not just about um, stopping and going. It's really about looking at that yellow 
and really taking a time to think through things. And maybe it's not, you know, 10 minutes, it's maybe a quick second of, um, you know, how, if I respond this way, what is that going to look like? What is that going to do for me? What is that going to do for our relationship? So um, for me, it's really that um, intentional time to take, to be able to think and reflect, to say, what do I want out of the situation? And here's how I'm going to actually achieve that by responding this way or doing something that way. Um, so for me, it's really ultimately, um, you know, emotional intelligence is all about relationships, right? And so consequential thinking is an opportunity for us to really be more intentional and purposeful in our relationships. So that's really the, the so now what or the importance of a, a consequential thinking to me. All right. Thank you. Jeff, any big takeaways for you on that one? You know, I kind of, I think, already gave you my takeaway on the question prior, but I, it, it amazes me while you were both were talking how if you just, you know, if we would just take 10 seconds in, in whether it's decision making, problem solving, um, you know, judgments, anything that we face in life and just have that moment of clarity where if I go this way, if I go this way, this is what's going to happen. This is what could happen. And then just make your decision. And I think at that point, you own it. You took that path. You just grab a hold of it and you go with it. And, you know, whatever falls after that is something you're going to have to to deal with and work out. But, but yeah, just that moment of pause can be so critical to, to making things make more good, sense. Good, good. All right. So for some practical strategies that our listeners can take with them as they look to practice consequential thinking, uh, Jeff, what what might be a strategy you rely on when when it comes to this stuff? So for me, it is, as I, you know, probably have talked about way too often, it is taking that that brief pause that, you know, you've got to, especially when you are a leader in any sort you have to not only look at things from your vantage point, but often, and I tell my students this when we talk about ethics, that you have to see what people on the outside see when they see you doing that. And if, if it is something that you don't like them seeing, then you probably should figure out a different way of doing it. I like that. Sort of that whole, would you do that thing in front of your grandmother scenario? There you go. Absolutely. Liza, what about you? What's a, what's a strategy you use when you have to call on your consequential thinking? You know what? I'm, I'm a visual learner. So for me, it's literally visualizing a stoplight in my head um, and having that yellow stand out and having the red and green kind of minimized. So for me, that's a tool that I use and I use that quite a bit. Like when I'm driving, when I'm parenting, when I'm teaching, um, I know that this has been a, a really major concept for our faculty staff um, who've taken the workshop. And I know a few of them have actually printed out the stoplight and they actually put it on their wall. Um, so they have said that has really helped them be able to, um, you know, be more intentional on their responses, especially when they're working with um, maybe it's a really difficult situation where they have to confront a student or, um, you know, uh, having a courageous conversation. I think that's a strategy that helps me, um, but has helped others. But that visual component of having that um, open or on your wall or visually, you have that in your mind, I think can be very helpful for some people, especially me. Good, good. 
you know, and I think from, yeah, and I think and then what me, about one you, of the Kevin? things that, that I do, and I'll call back to my, my nerd side and, and sort of that strategy gaming type scenario is um, that whole if-then sort of questioning that you can do with yourself. And, and I tend to apply this maybe a lot more on the relationship side of things, although you could certainly do it in environments. But I know I think about like, if I have a meeting with my department head or I have a, you know, I, I'm uh, getting home to see my wife for the first time today. And, and, you know, there are some discussion points to come up to play that. OK, if I do X, what is a potential outcome? Then what could happen with Y? And, and if you can play through some of those scenarios in your head before you go into that meeting or you go into that event um, that, that help, it, it might help make that that action step a little easier. And help you plan a few steps out. And I know I do that all the time in various strategy games that I play with my friends, where it's like, okay, if I move to the left, then what might happen? But if I move to the right, then what might happen? And I think that sort of helps you prepare ahead of time. Yeah, and, and kind of to add off that, Jeff, I think, you know, our ultimate goal is really to make EQ and habit for us, right? And so it's skills that we know that are, are we can able, we can learn from that, right? It's a learned skill um, that we can actually, um, it can actually become a habit. So for us to actually practice that, um, I'll say, you know, with, with parenting, using consequential thinking, I'll say that it is becoming a habit. I'm really intentional now. Um, when I am parenting, I'm finding that to become a habit of me really going to that stoplight um, when I'm having interactions with my children. So I think the more we practice, right, the, the more it's going to become a habit. And that's really the ultimate goal of practicing EQ is that we know that we can, it's learnable, we can develop it and it, be, it can become a, ha a habit for us. So good. Yeah, that's sure a is. good closing sure point. <laughs> All right. So now listeners, we're turning this, this topic of consequential thinking on to you. Uh, and we want to hear from you guys on that topic. So think about a situation that, that activates in your brain pretty readily. And, and in your response to us, talk about what steps did you take? Did you, did you use consequential thinking or did you not? Like we don't necessarily need to hear one and the other, but talk about a, either a relationship situation or an event situation where you, you were intentional about using that short-term and long-term thinking and how that situation worked out for you. Uh, and again, you can send those responses to the, the email address for the podcast, howyoufeelingpodcast at gmail.com, how, the letter U, feeling podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. And we so look forward to, to hearing those responses, and we will get back to you when you do that. Uh, so we'd like to very much say thank you to uh, co-host Dr. Jeff Haverlin. Jeff, why don't you tell them how to follow you on the interweb if they'd like to. So um, you can follow me on Twitter at have at Awesome. Haverlin and uh, Liza, thank you so, so much for your time today. If people want to hear more from you outside of the podcast, do you have any social media handles they can follow you at? Um, I don't, but they could definitely follow me on, well, I guess LinkedIn. They can follow me on LinkedIn, uh, but also my. All right. And as always, you can follow me at KP Catani on Twitter, and we'd love to chat with you there, too. We love interacting with our listeners. Uh, so thank you so much for listening to another episode. Uh, please take care of yourselves. Please take care of your loved ones. And thanks for listening to another episode of How You Feeling.